Welcome to the 106th episode of the Reading and Writing Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Rutherford. Stay tuned for my interview with urban fantasy novelist Allison Pang. Her latest novel, A Trace of Moonlight, is available in bookstores now. Stay tuned for the interview. Welcome back to the Reading and Writing Podcast. My guest today is Allison Payne. Allison's latest urban fantasy novel, A Trace of Moonlight, is available in bookstores now. A Trace of Moonlight is the third novel in the Abby Sinclair series. Allison, welcome to the podcast. Hello. Great. Well, the first thing is, could I have you read the first three or four paragraphs of your new novel, A Trace of Moonlight? Alrighty. And we'll go ahead and do that. Um, the fog eddied from the darkness to cocoon me in a soft haze. Something niggled at the back of my mind as I glanced down at my bare feet. They were swallowed below my calves by the mist, but the crunch of sand under my toes felt familiar. The hiss of waves slapped against the edge of a nearby shore. The rolling scent of brine slipped past on a tattered breeze. Drawn toward the sound of the water, I pressed forward, an uneasy chill sending clammy fingers skittering over my skin. Wrapping my arms around my shoulders, I realized I was naked. And yet a moment later, a silk dress draped over my limbs, falling to mid-calf. It should have felt strange to know the merest of thoughts took shape here, but it didn't. My feet brushed the edges of the wet sand, and I paused. I could see nothing beyond the darkness, but the warmth of the water lured me, beckoning with a soft whisper. Great. Well, uh-huh. if 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 the listeners haven't heard about your new novel yet, A Trace of Moonlight, how would you describe the novel? Well, it's definitely um, picking up from where the second one left off. So it's I, they're not really standalones. I would definitely recommend going back and, and reading the first two. So uh, the second one, A Sliver of Shadow, ends with a pretty awful cliffhanger, which... Um, <laughs> <laughs> kind of uh the the biggest problem here is that Abby or my main character has lost her memory. So with a trace of moonlight where it picks up, she's in she's basically dreaming and uh she has no recollection of of really who she is or or uh what her purpose in life is. So but as far as what it's about, I mean, like I said it's, it's definitely just a, an overall continuation of uh what is going wrong <laughs> in her world and, and her situation. So I, I almost hesitate to, to say what it is because it's, I feel like I'm going to end up spoiling the okay, other okay. two books. So, so, so. No, no spoilers. Do yeah. You, do, do you remember um, how the original idea for your character, Abby Sinclair, how, how you came up with that? How I came up with her. Um, she was sort of a mishmash of various things. I will get a lot of people who say she sounds very much like me. Um, you know, this was a brush of darkness was the first novel and that was the first thing I had really ever written. So I guess that kind of makes uh, a lot of sense that I I based a lot of her personality traits and and some of the things that she says are very much something I would say. Uh, although I did try to break out of that, the, you know, uh, the more books I I wrote, the more stories I wrote. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, I, in a lot of urban fantasy books, particularly the ones where you have like sort of the, the tough chick trope um i originally just wanted to create a, a heroine here who um didn't have any initial special powers and she wasn't like you know the chosen one she's not some kind of uh, you know rogue demon slayer or anything like that so it's just 
what do you do when you take someone who is for all appearances normal and plop them into a situation that is not so sure so you just mentioned that you that your first novel uh, featuring Abby Sinclair, which was uh, A Brush of Darkness, was the first thing that you, that you had written. Can yeah. you talk about that experience? What 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 drew you to sit down and start writing a novel? Mm. Let me kind of preface that a little bit because sure. uh, <laughs> I um, sort of an interesting thing back in you know okay I, I think a lot of writers or the types that, you know, I wrote a lot in high school or I wrote in middle school and I always knew I wanted to be a writer, that type of thing, uh, which is not really true. I mean, I definitely used to write. I would say that I was more of a reader. Uh, and then when I was in college, my degree is actually in marine biology, but at one point I sort of dabbled in getting a minor in English or, or maybe going to grad school for English because I was thinking, hey, you know, this might be kind of fun. And I took a bunch of uh, writing classes and realized pretty early on that I apparently the kind of writing I do is not the kind of writing <laughs> that most literary programs are looking for. And I definitely, I basically came out of that experience and thinking that that, that was it. I was just not going to be a writer and I was done. So I didn't write anything for about 12 or 13 years after that. I just went on with my life, you know, it wasn't until I was around 32, 33. And what had happened was I, I run a forum for women gamers because I like to game. <laughs> what, uh, what kind of games do you play? Oh, I play pretty much anything and everything. Uh, it's mostly time limited now, but I, I generally like uh, RPGs, uh, probably most of all. Um, PC or, or Xbox or both? Yeah, mm -hmm. I've got an Xbox and I've got PC. So, you know, it could be anything from, you know, Dragon Age or World of Warcraft or, uh, you know, I think yesterday I picked up the Lego xbox version of lord of the rings so <laughs> it's my great my, my current thing there so anyway my, my, my kids are, are are dying to play lego lord of the rings so. it's really actually very well done so uh, good. That, that's good to quite know pleased with it yeah um but i interrupted you so no, you no, said you, so you said that you were, I, you, I run you, this i okay. started this um this gaming forum and part of that i guess a lot of uh the members like to play these things called play by post games which is essentially it's it's like playing D, D, but you're writing it out instead of sitting there around a table so you have a character your characters and then based off of things that happen in the game you have to react to what other characters do it's, it's actually kind of a very interesting writing exercise because you don't have control over anything other than your person your character so you might have this great plot in mind that you want to do and then you're going to have some other character completely upset that by something that they say or that they do or the dungeon master decides to like throw something horrible at you so and, and uh, can you just can you just clarify for for a moment when you say mm -hmm. play by post are people posting that um yes. online in an interactive uh, yeah it's, a, it's a, yes and it's not usually real time i mean most people don't have that kind of time so right. um you basically you're in a round robin fashion so character right. x will post something and then it's the next person's turn and then you're supposed to wait until the next person goes before you go sometimes uh if you have a couple of characters interacting with each other you might do a co-post for example right. so we kind of go offline and write our thing and then post together the, the reason that i ask that is uh i'm i guess i'm giving away my age i, I can remember when i was a teenager that play by post was was literally there were there were gamers around the US and other countries who would do it via mail. Exactly what you just described. 
Yeah. Uh, this is <laughs> it's basically the same thing. It's just by a forum. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Okay. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> definitely. Uh, so I, I initially wasn't interested in those and then somehow I got sucked into it and I realized that it was a lot of fun and that, uh, I actually really liked writing. So, uh, you know, I would spin off and do little writing projects with some of the other members. And, uh, at one point I was working on a project that, that did not pan out, but in the meantime, while I was waiting, I figured, you know, why not go ahead and see if I could write something for real. And at the time I was interested in getting published. So I had joined a number of, you know, online writing groups. I think I joined RWA because you didn't have to be published to be a member and you, you know, that you got all this access to all these great um, workshops and things. So I had signed up for a bunch of those. I wanted to learn about the process and I needed something to work on in those workshops. And a lot of times the workshops would be about, you know, editing or something like that. And I was like, well, I don't really have anything. So I'm going to sit and write something. And I did. <laughs> so that's pretty much how it, how it sprung. I just started to write um, bits and pieces of it for the, these various workshops and it turned into a book. That's great. So you said you said earlier that you're a big reader. And obviously, as you know, since you're writing in this genre, urban fantasy has really exploded as a genre. What is it about urban fantasy that appeals to you both as a reader and a writer? Well, there's really almost like two forms of urban fantasy. Okay, the the urban fantasy that I grew up on, I'll call it the old school urban fantasy, um, would have been something like uh, books by Charles DeLint, for example or Emma Bull, or, or even Tanya Huff. Sure. Uh, there's, you know, I, I kind of call it before Buffy and after Buffy, because I want to say that Buffy the Vampire Slayer, uh, with her popularity, which was, which was fabulous, sort of introduced this, this new trope of, you know, I don't know, kick-ass women, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Could, you know, and after that, you, I th- think that the publishing industry kind of kind of jumped on it, and I was actually just at World Fantasy Con um, a few weeks ago, and they had a panel on this. And it's very interesting to see where the line in the sand is drawn between, like, sort of the old guard not really wanting to be associated with this new type of urban fantasy. Right. Um, which they consider to basically been marketed, you know, a, a creation by the publishers to sort of market to women. Um, so uh, there's a lot of overlap between, say, paranormal romance in the new form of, of UF. So, um, and actually a uh, brush of darkness when I wrote it, because I had was a member of RWA was, was initially intended to be a paranormal romance. And then when I sold it, they had me change it into an urban fantasy, uh, which meant, you know, kill a lot of the sex and <laughs> get rid of the happily ever after and bring in another guy. And I was like, okay, well, sure. You know, whatever you want. Uh, so I don't know as far as appealing. I mean, I like, I like them because I can, I can be kind of snarky and fun with them. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not serious books, quote unquote. So uh, there's a lot of pop culture references and, you know, basically like the gaming stuff I do. There's a lot of gaming references. It's usually whatever I'm playing at the moment kind of gets right. dumped into the book in some fashion. So, so they, uh, they made you kill the sex. That's not fun. Well, some of them, I mean, <laughs> some of the scenes were, let's just say they were a bit more extended than they are now. Uh, okay. Uh, so, um, and actually that was really only the first book after that. I mean, the second and third book still have some, you know, there's still sex and romance in them, but I definitely toned it way down right. comparatively to the first one. So, yeah. Gotcha. 
um, what, what is your writing process like? Do you, do you have a, a specific workflow or what, what kind of tools do you use? Is it, is it just Microsoft Word or something else? You know, I have tried. I have, I've got Scrivener and I have, I think I tried Liquid Binder once. I Honestly, the only thing that really does anything for me is just sitting down and, and writing. Um, so Word is pretty much it. Now, I do have uh, online like uh, index cards. I think Mandola puts out sort of a virtual index card. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I use that sometimes. I'm a panster, which means I don't really do a whole lot of uh, organizing or planning or anything. I just I usually have a vague idea of what the story arc is going to be. I usually know how it's going to end. And then I just kind of throw my characters in there and say, go. <laughs> we sort of <laughs> see what happens. And, um, you know, it's, I find that with, with all these other tools that require you to be more organized, it mm-hmm. completely, it, it, it's not fun for me anymore. I'm like, I, I mean, I, it's just doesn't, it doesn't work. I've tried. Uh, <laughs> so uh, honestly, the only other tool I have is something called freedom, which basically disconnects my computer from the internet <laughs> for a little while. Uh, otherwise I, 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 you know, Oh, look, I'll just sit on Tumblr for the next 15 minutes. And that becomes, you know, four hours. Right. I have a Thing, so yeah. So, what are some of what are some books or authors that you've read in the past year that made an impact on you and that you would recommend? Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't. Um, I I actually don't have as much time to read as I used to, which is really okay. unfortunate. Um, I'm trying to think. I have my. I don't have my Kindle in front of me because I okay. usually I, I usually pull up a whatever I've been reading reading there. But well, uh, well. well well, I mean, I guess another way to ask that is, is um, what what authors, either in the genre or outside of the genre, do you, do you, you know, is it kind of like one of those authors that you buy their book the first day it comes out or the oh, first week? Y- yeah, uh, and, and I am traditionally like a high fantasy reader, okay. which is what I figured I was always going to be writing anyway, and so it's sort of strange uh, that that's here where I am, but um, so... Yeah, you know, I love uh, Jacqueline Carey and Robin Hobb and Kate Elliott and um, well, I like Charles Delaney too. Actually, he's one of my one of my faves. So, uh, let me right. think. But yeah, I have like I could name about a million of them. So sure, sure. <laughs> uh, so so um, given given your your uh, career thus far in, in in writing the the three um, Abby Sinclair books, uh, what advice would you have for aspiring writers? Uh, I, I guess it probably depends on where they happen to be in, in their writing career, because obviously the biggest one is you need to write something. Um, I, I have seen, you know, in my progression, I guess, uh, a number of, of people who started out, you know, again, in these, some of these workshops, you create friendships and you kind of see where you're at, you know, writing groups. And there were a number of people who they spend a lot of money buying a lot of the tools like every other week they're buying a new book on how to write something, but right. they're not actually writing. Yeah. You know, they're, they're learning the concept, which is good to a certain point, but the only thing that's going to get you to where you need to be is to actually write and edit and write and write and throw it away and, and whatever you, you know, you need to do. So um, don't get so caught up in what the latest, you know, whiz bang gizmo writing thing is and, and sure. just sit down right. and do it. Got it. What what are you working on now? What what will be your next book? Do you know yet? What am I do? Well, um, see, there is a there's a there's a short story that is set in the same Abbey world, 
uh, that actually will be out in August 2013 as part of the Carney Punk anthology. Um, and if there are any fans out there and you are familiar with uh, the character of Melanie, you'll know she's got this really cool magic violin. And there's always been these rumors of how exactly, you know, she got that violin and you will find out. <laughs> so that part uh, should be pretty interesting. And actually I've got a, a proposal in to do some spinoffs and Melanie is definitely a character that I would like to delve into further, but I have not heard back on that yet. Right, uh, right. And who edited the Carney Punk anthology that will be coming out? Uh, that is Adam, my actually my editor over at Pocket right now. Oh, okay. uh, right. So yeah, he's he got the anthology. So it's a big mix of uh, you know really great urban fantasy sure. authors, and so we're very excited about it. Uh, I am working on more of a high fantasy right now, actually with some sort of steampunk type elements to it. So that's been kind of interesting because, uh, as I said, I'm not really a, a, a planning kind of author, but with uh, a large amount of the world building that I've had to do, I've actually had to start keeping notes. So uh, <laughs> that's a little, little more interesting for me. Uh, I do have uh, an online graphic novel that is free called Fox and Willow, which you can find over at sadsausagedogs.com. And uh, that's been a lot of fun. We update that about twice a week. Uh, How long have you been doing that? That's been out since about April. Uh, And basically, the overall story arc is about uh, this mysterious runaway princess. And she's got this companion who happens to be a kitsune, which is a fox spirit or a fox demon. He's under a a curse of sorts, although we haven't quite figured out all that. I mean, the reader doesn't know. I know. and each chapter is loosely based on a traditional fairy tale with some hopefully interesting twists and, and whatnot. So, uh, although they're all part of the overall arc. So. Great. Where can people find you online? <laughs> Anywhere. <laughs> if you can't find me, you're not looking very hard because I am on pretty much everything. But my uh, official website is heartofthedreaming.com. Uh, and then I am on Facebook, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Tumblr. Uh, I've got my gaming forum is still up and running, which is petalsandthorns.com. It's in the twilight years, but uh, we're, we're still there. Uh, yeah, you name it. I, I've pretty much got, uh, got something kicking around. Great. Well, again, we've been speaking with Allison Payne, the author of A Trace of Moonlight. Allison, thanks for doing the interview. And thanks for having me. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.